and you're very welcome to another Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond, we've got Rachel Burford, the World Cup winner, alongside, and we have a brilliant show ahead for you again this week. We are choosing our Six Nations team of the tournament. And if it wasn't enough to have Rachel Burford, the Red Roses star, the World Cup winner, as I say, selecting, we have Ali Donnelly, the Queen of Scrum Queens, and Sarah Orchard, the BBC commentator, joining us to choose what will be a hotly debated 15. This is the Women's Rugby Pod. So then, Berth, how super was Super Saturday for you? <laughs> oh, no, I loved it. I loved the build-up, the excitement of it. Um was lucky enough to be at the England game to, to be a part of that. But, yeah, no, I really enjoyed the the kind of build-up to what Super Saturday all meant. I mean, it sounds like you're, you're having a girl <laughs> celebrating. We, I was cheering the only girls just, only just, only just finished celebrating, have you? <laughs> No, I can. Like, I'll be honest. It's not what I wish it was. It is. That's I'm enjoying it. No, it uh, wasn't. I don't know. I've just woken up and I've got like a croaky voice. Got tour voice without the tour. Uh, but, but look, disclosure aside, please drink responsibly out there, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> girls and boys. Uh, don't take after our red roses star. Uh, no, look. It was look a huge congratulations to to England. Um, yeah, I debated all week. Who was going to win? Who wasn't going to win? Da da da. And um, yeah, in the end, stats got the better of me. And I, I, I'm not sure what I went for, but uh, yeah, I went for an England win. Huge congratulations to them. It was it was it was a game to grind out. But England France games have become like that in the last four or five, haven't they? Yeah, they have. And I was like you, Johnny. I was like, will England be able to do it? I thought France were really hot at the moment during this tournament, certainly been a standout. Um, but yeah, as you say, it kind of came down to that resilience that England have built up over those close losses that France have had against them. And France had so many opportunities and so many chances. And it was almost like the time was ticking. It was like, you're not going to get another chance and England are going to grind it out and grind it out. Um, but yeah, they they deserved the win in the end. Yeah, 10 points to six for uh Emily Scarrett's side on the day at the Twickenham Stoop, bathed in sunlight, BBC Two. Uh, we will talk just very, very briefly about the tournament as a whole with Ali and Sarah a little bit later when they come on the pod. Um, but just gives it just a little bit more thought about England's birth. If you're Simon Middleton, come this morning, come tomorrow morning, and the, and the dust has truly, truly settled. What marks out of 10? How impressed would you have been with the tournament as a whole? Um, I think there'll be patches that he's pleased with and moments that, um, you know, they've had a chance to look at a couple of new players, a few new combinations. But I think overall they'll be quite disappointed about their display um, over the three games. I think every game they've played, they've mentioned they've not been able to perform for the full 80. They know that they can do better. They know they can improve. And I think that's very much what the, the coach will be thinking as well, that you know they, they didn't put their best foot forward, that we know how England can, can actually play. So I think there'll be a lot of fix-ups. There'll be a lot of good and positives, you know, 
nobody's going to look back and think, oh, how England won that game. They're just going to remember that they won it. Um, so there, there's that element to it, you know, that that mentality side of things and finding a way to win and grinding it out and, and you know, not cracking under the moments of pressure that there were plenty of. Um, so, yeah, I think there'd be plenty of positives, but I think as a whole, they probably expected themselves to to perform a lot better throughout the whole tournament. Brilliant. I just mind there because it's it's like Doc Cotton talking about rugby. It's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we've taken a, a, a strange turn this week. We've got Doc Cotton on the pod. Um, sorry. sorry. Um, I, 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 but that's, I mean, what, what an amazing place to be. I mean, it's a third type <clears throat> clean sweep, whether people are calling it a grand slam or not. I mean, effectively it is, isn't it? Um, and that's third one in a row. But I agree with you. I, I think. You know, they are very much looking at performance and, and there will be some areas where they, you know, that's just not quite right. And actually, therefore, that World Cup being pushed back again um, is not a bad thing. France, for you? I just feel quite let down by them from that last game. Um, it's just quite frustrating. And I can imagine being the French coach and, you know, how many opportunities they can create for themselves. They've got so much talent like individual talent. And you can see that throughout the tournament, actually they were coming together really, really well. And, you know, it came down to they don't travel very well. They they don't normally play, apart from that autumn game um, against England, they, they struggle to play away from home against England. Um, so you kind of had all those thoughts in my mind, like will they turn up, won't they turn up? And then, you know, it just, it just didn't stick for them. You know, we've been talking about Bouillard, and Bujar. That's right, Doc. Uh, <laughs> <Perf>. <laughs> <Sorry>. um, <laughs> um, you know, they were dropping balls. Things weren't clicking for them, whereas throughout the, the previous two games, they've been looking sublime and brilliant. And it's just moments like that that things didn't seem to click. And I don't know if it comes down to that pressure, you know, of England always just beating them or, you know, not being able to finish things off and mistakes happening and, you know, moments that are really, really important. They still seem start can't seem to to actually execute in those times. Um so I think, yeah, quite disappointed that they kind of not kicked on from that perspective. Okay. In the third place final, Ireland ran out winners 25 points to five. So what did you make of it? It was very stopped-starty. It was a lot of drop balls, a hell of a lot of whistle going on. Well, I think, you know, it's kind of the the last game in the tournament. I was obviously saying I, I felt Italy had performed well enough to be able to turn Ireland over. But then in the back of my mind, I was thinking, you know, this is the third week on the row. Are they in a position where they've got that kind of fitness level and that mentality to be able to continue with that effort and that performance? And in Ireland, sorry, were, were extremely hurting on the back of that France loss. And they wanted to to put in, put themselves into a performance in a position where they can actually reflect on how they have been training, how they've been working. So I think Ireland would be really, really happy um, not obviously with the France result, but to win two out of three. And they've had an extremely difficult block together. Um, same with Italy. But I think Italy can be pretty proud of, of their own performances. You know, the way that they played against England, probably some people will say the best rugby of the tournament was played by them at times. Um, so, yeah, so I think, you know, it's a bit of a mixed bag, but I think both teams based on preparation and, 
you know, time together, etc. They will probably be quite pleased with with parts uh, and elements of their tournaments. Yeah, I think I, I'll be very pleased to finish up third, won't we, after a, a sort of substandard performance um, a week before against uh, against France and up in Scotland. Uh, it was even sunny up there. Uh, twenty seven points <laughs> to twenty against Wales. And they went and saved the best for last. Oh, beautiful. Well, we've got all sorts of voices going on tonight. I thought I'd check <laughs> some singing in as well. <laughs> no, it was it much improved from, from, from both of them. Yeah, I think both teams obviously will gun in all the way to the 80th minute and beyond, um, as you were mentioning beforehand. And look, I think um, Shuan Lillicrap summarised it to the squad really well. You saw um, messages going around on, on um, social yeah. media around how, you know, they're gutted by the result, but that they are laying a marker of that is the start for them and that they want to push on as a group of players and as a management as well. Um, and it's just the beginning for them. And they know that they're way off the mark. They know that they're not in a position to be ultra competitive, um, but it's not somewhere where they want to stand still. So, yeah, look, I think there's still big things to come from from Wales. There's been a lot of chatter around what's happening and what's not been happening. Um, and look, for Scotland, it was a really well-deserved win. We've seen, again, they probably haven't had the, the best um, tournament that they have they could have. You know, we've seen them play a lot better. And, you know, maybe, maybe you know, we're putting so much expectation on teams that haven't had the same amount of preparation, they haven't had a domestic league to play in, and we're kind of expecting them to pick up where they left off um, without all the, the usual rugby under their belt. But I think they'll be they'll walk away from, from that game really, really proud of the efforts. And, you know, all the teams have put in so much effort, haven't they? Um, all the sacrifices and the changes. So I think everybody should be holding their head proud whatever the results were during this tournament, um, based on on the situation that that they've been in. Yeah, 100%. And uh, women's rugby is a, is a victim of its own, its own success because everyone outside of England has an element of amateurism to to them. It's only France who have any sort of smidgen of professionalism, uh, what, seven Scotland players in total, but most of them weren't sort of involved. So these are amateurs. And you know, we expect so much such such good performances and actually you know, once in a while you go, oh, hang on, um, th- these these are anima- that, amateurs, these are these are men in 1994. And that, that's actually what you've got to equate it to. So, yeah, we take that in mind. It was a, a thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyable game and Rachel Malcolm is a broadcaster of the future. Yeah, I heard, she was brilliant with you. She was really, really good. Yeah, she was very good. Very, very good. Lovely voice and a, and a lovely lady. But, uh, yeah, we wish her all the best of getting back on the park because they, they will need her in the coming months. Anyway, enough of Dot and I. Um, <laughs> let's get into our team of the Six Nations. I know our regular listeners will remember this from last year uh, and thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed by you guys. Um, we like to get Scrum Queens, so this is coming in association with our, our great friends at, at Scrum Queens. And we thought, yeah, this year we'll just mix it up a little bit and get Sarah on. She's been doing a lot of the commentary and stuff as well. Uh, so let's get into our 2021 Women's Six Nations Team of the Tournament with Sarah Orchard and Ali Donnelly. I'm Sue Day and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Very good evening to you ladies 
Uh, BBC Five Lives, Sarah Orchard. Evening. And women's Rugby Queen of Scrum Queens, mm-hmm. Ali Donnelly. How are oh. we both? Good, thanks. Thanks for having me on. And alongside Ali, I, I feel like I'm just sort of next to real royalty here. This is oh, special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have, yeah, we, we, we've cleared the, the top end of the table for this evening's uh Six Nations team of the tournament. Yeah, it's a, it's a highbrow women's rugby table. This is thank you so much for, for joining us. What was a, a really, really busy week? We're going to get into that, that team. Um, a combined, uh, WRP and Scrum Queens team. But I just wanted to get your, your thoughts, all three of you. So I'm going to sort of play Sealer Black for a moment and ask A, B and C. Um, What's your favourite drink? And don't know. Um, <laughs> Ali, what did you make of the Six Nations on the field? So the the, the play and the, and, the, and the team performances? Yeah, by the way, some of your younger listeners have no idea who you're talking about when you say no. something. <laughs> I was just thinking that. Just thinking that. Holly get your mothers to explain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, on, the, on the field, um, I think the finale worked very well. I think... You know, on the on the positive side, it was great. The games were played in great weather. I think that made a huge difference, actually. It just felt more enjoyable. It was good to watch for those of us who were lucky enough to go to some of the games. It was really good. Um, the competitiveness of the games on the field was disappointing, obviously. Um, you know, huge score lines, And, you know, I don't think that really helped. I'm sure we'll get into that a bit later. But I thought the finale was brilliant. I mean, it was just the kind of game that I like, which is hugely physical, um, you know, a slightly purist game. But it was a good finale, really tight game, really needed that match to be tight. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, I wouldn't, if I was giving it marks out of 10 on the field this year, maybe sort of six and a half, I think, seven. Nice. So are your marks out of, out of 10 <clears throat> and general thoughts of, of the tournament as a whole on the field? Okay, uh, I, I probably am not going to pick up many friends uh, during this conversation, so I apologise in advance because I have to be honest. And I was really disappointed with the pool stage. I, I really thought there were so many times I thought this is going to be the game that really kickstarts the Six Nations, and each time it was just a bit like, oh, the score lines were just too big. And this is what you don't want in competitive sport because it, it, the narrative was too predictable, and I did find that disappointing. Having said that, the grand final weekend was brilliant. It was a great setup. Everyone was very well matched. I know there was perhaps a slight um, runaway in the end for Ireland against Italy in their game, but I just thought overall that quality of that last weekend, the build-up, the excitement was brilliant and how it, w- it built to that moment was very good. Uh, the final itself, uh, I have to admit, I also have higher expectations of both England and France. They can both play better than that, uh, especially on a dry day. Uh, so uh, and I'm fascinated to see how their next test goes on next Friday night. I mean, that will be huge. But I, th- I don't think either of them will look back and think they played their best rugby. It was brutal. And as Ali says, brutal can be brilliant, but they can play better. Do- uh, Rachel? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I don't disagree with, with both of uh, the ladies. I think... One thing I think we did see is just some new talent and some some new little sparks um, come out. So from Ireland, you know, some of the sevens girls that came across and slotted in very well and actually, you know, bolstered that side. So I think, yeah, as a whole, I don't think we saw the production of what we know can be produced by the, by all the teams. Um, I think obviously COVID has hit 
preparation hasn't been great. Um, opportunities to even play any rugby leading into this tournament. Some of the teams haven't. Um, that suited some teams, like Italy, who play some of their best rugby. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, I have to agree, you know, was disappointed with the score lines and, and you kind of was so excited to see, you know, Ireland play France after the way they played against Wales and then it was quite a letdown. But the Super Saturday weekend, I'm, I want that to stay. Like, I want the old format back. We all go play each other. And then I want a Super Saturday because I just think it just had such a good build up to it. Everybody was kind of talking about all the games um, and the excitement, the build up, the, the coverage that it got all over that day. Um, yeah, so I'm for the Super Saturday. Yeah, and you were, you were yeah. across most of it, Berth. So it's amazing how thin you can spread yourself. Uh, <laughs> my voice is gone. <laughs> that's why your voice is gone. It's called karma. Um, so, so we're keeping. I mean, I, I had a, a word with a couple of Alakadus at, at the RFU last week and you're yeah, asking opinions, which I, I think is really, really important to ask from all different parts of the game about what do we reckon about this this format. I said, which I think you know, most of us have, have kind of voiced, haven't we? We cannot, we're not in the stage to, to be able to be taking Test Match away from teams. Yeah. But we like we like the Super Saturday, right? It's different. It's, it adds a real, real buzz. Does it not, Ali? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are some some teams in Six Nations barely play outside of that window anyway. So, you know, removing games from those teams, I think, um, is not is not a good thing. I mean, I think there's a there's, we wrote something today on the website about you know decisions have to be taken now about what's going to happen next. And I, I think everybody, I haven't heard anybody say they don't think that they think it should go back to being in February, March. I think we've got we've got to just decide that now. This has got to be in April hopefully in May as well. And then the decision around formats has to be taken, right? So, you know, there's a we could probably talk for hours about why those score lines were were so huge. But I do think some kind of crescendo building finale um is the way forward because, you know, that that that's that's what's going to generate interest in what is still, let's be honest, a growing sport. Um I also think um, you know, being on free to air television, I, I know Sarah BBC got knocked a little bit from from various places for putting it all on the iPlayer behind um programs in the leader but having that game on BBC2 on the final weekend is huge and I think you know Brian Moore wrote today didn't he that there was around 600,000 watching comparison to a you know a, sometimes a premiership match on BT being you know triple the size of it so a huge um, uh, moment so some really interesting decisions have to be taken out and I really hope the organisers are brave enough and they go for it and, and they don't sort of just kind of fall back into what we know and what, what's tried and tested. Go on sir. Well, yeah, I was just going to back up what Ali said there. I actually did an interview today with Bill Sweeney, who's the chief executive at the Rugby Football Union, backing up a lot of what Ali's just said. The RFU have said they want to really keep that April-May window. They recognise the weather is a massive factor in that. But also, you heard so many players and unions and back backroom staff saying they had so much more support because they weren't competing with the men at the same time. I mean, in particular, for me as a commentator, and Johnny, you might have found this as well, for me, the access and the uh, resources I was given, particularly by Ireland, blew my mind. They just did everything they had done for the men's team in the Six Nations, but transferred it to the women for their media output. And that, for me, was just brilliant compared to if you go back, let's say, five years Johnny, you'll have been there with me trying to find profiles of women or just finding out what their age is can be hard work. I I really think that was strong. Yeah, ca- caps would be would be a start, wouldn't it? With uh, in some places, but uh, no. I, 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 what what else off off the field then uh, has has impressed? Not impressed, 
birth. You know, I, you know we talk about the predictors, the the fantasy, the We've spoken a little bit about the window and the format. I think we'd probably cover that off. We'd like to talk about it all night well, long, wouldn't we? It's, it's, sure. it's, well, it's, yeah. Couldn't we? Could share for talk talk for weeks about it. But other bits that impressed and or didn't quite impress. Uh, well, I think you mentioned there, there, like the match pipe predictor and the fantasy league. I think we've we had to find other ways to engage fans, and I think that did that certainly because I think not just during the games that we had people talking about the game and talking about players, it then built into the week. People talking about who they're going to pick, who they're not going to pick. Now they know other players' names. Now they've got some stats so they can actually know what these players are like instead of just kind of seeing the standout names. You can actually go, oh, Rigoni, look at all our carries, look at all our tackles and actually, you know, have some real passion behind other teams and other individuals. Um, so I, I loved all of that. I thought it was a really, really good move. Um because it, it just generated so much more talk and interest about all the games, not just the team that you you would support, you care, you know, rightly or wrongly, if it's just for your fantasy league at the moment, it will build into now becoming a regular fan and being a part of it. So, yeah, I loved all of that side of things. I think as well, just off the back of that, is the media coverage. Like, you know, I've been, for better or worse, involved in the Women's Six Nations as a a writer in some way or shape or form for about 20 years. I started out as the PRO when I was a student of the Irish women's rugby team and I was trying to get coverage then and now I'm writing about it and I've never seen anything like this in that you you were, I, I actually got a little bit stressed out because there was so much coverage I wasn't reading because there was so, <laughs> so many podcasts, so many articles. I started sort of just, I couldn't even consider doing the fantasy team that would just stress me out all the time oh my god I you didn't do that yeah I couldn't do it but I, I've never seen so much coverage and not just you know amongst the usual suspects you know you always get decent coverage say from the Irish Times from the Telegraph BBC yeah. during the tournament this was everywhere and in every country and that felt really game-changing to me I think perhaps also touching on what you talked about originally there Johnny about the good and the bad I am not going to name names in this example, but it did expose where some unions are lacking when it comes into the resources that are needed in their women's programs. And I don't necessarily just mean on the field. It was very apparent the unions who were behind and not recognising that there was no men's international rugby in this window. They had a real opportunity to exploit it. And there were perhaps one or two unions who didn't take that and are perhaps maybe looking at this now and going, we really missed out here. We've got to raise our game, or at least that's what we hope. And, and I think you know, it, it snowballed effect, didn't it? Even from the, the, the Six Nations organisers on the, the sort of broadcasting type side as well. Their game got better and better and better as they realised that how much sort of attention was being drawn to it. And I, in a taxi uh, early Sunday morning and... Um, a chap obviously asked you know, why I was coming up and what have you. And he said, I'd never watched a game of women's rugby before. And I watched it on BBC Scotland, BBC Scotland. Uh, and I said, yeah, what did you make of it? And he was really, really, really best. Couldn't quite believe how hard the ladies were hitting each other and all the rest of it. And that's exactly the type of person we're, we're trying to attract. And if it is on the terrestrial and, and um, well, I, I said it last week, fair trade for, for getting it out there. Um, that needs to be sorted earlier. Fixtures need to be sorted earlier. Broadcast deals need to be sorted earlier. And I think there's a lot more you could do on the broadcast side if we're just having a, a little neg. No rant this week, Berth, don't worry. Um, <laughs> just a little neg. Um, yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot more that, that, that can be done there and pull in the resources that, that are possibly there already. But um, no, those are the kind of people we, we wanted to attract. Just back to the um, predictor. How did you get on, Sarah? 
in the Legends League? Well, let, let's look at this from two points of view, Johnny. That there was the match <laughs> point Legends story. League, where I think I, I was doing very well, and then I just tumbled. I think I might be tenth, eighth, tenth. You probably know Johnny, so I don't. Really, you're tucking <laughs> in with Rocky next to Rocky. Okay. And That's what a great not... place to be. It's a safe place. I'd, I'd quite happily tuck in with Rocky any time. Not very, a problem. Very, safe. But, but, very But Johnny, safe. Where, where did you finish in our fantasy league that we did? What's that? Anyway, yeah, let, let, yeah, let's move yeah. on. The one that um, I finished top of. That one. Thank you. Oh, oh, that one. Go. There we go. Fantasy league. Um, yeah. Was there a fantasy league? Was there? Yeah, one takes a lot more time and thought. The other one's just a quick number that you write down on the back of a bag packet. You've summed me right up, Sarah. There you are. Job done. Man, can't think about anything too, for, too, for too long. Um, Lily, I, I, we would like to, to chat about it more, but yeah, no doubt we, we will in the beat up to, to, to next year's. But um, look, let's get into um, a team of the tournament. Um, one of our most highly rated and most listened to pods, Alison Donnelly, last year's team of the Six Nations. So it's a popular um, occasion. And as I say, at, at the very top of this, we've, we've got some some proper clout. Um, so let's start at fullback. Who would like to uh, to take a long, up, long run up at fullback? We're all going to have the same name, surely. Should we all <laughs> set at the same time? One, two, three... Emily Boulard. 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 Yeah. Is it Emily? I thought it was Caroline. No, it's Caroline <laughs> Boujard. Yeah, Give me large We're not jazz. on the wing yet. We're not on the wing yet. Yeah. You know, Boulard. I did, put, I, did put, I did mention Jazz in my list, though, just yeah. how she performed defensively. On the wing. Yeah. Oh. She made some good metres in that uh, last game as well. But, yeah. Did you read that? She's unbelievable. Two, yeah. Oh, I was, the scale. Two, 230. And, and the, she's so brave as well for a wee little mm. thing. Well, look, let's move seamlessly, yeah. like a ski sock, <laughs> to, to the wing. Um, I, I, I'm going to chuck in Jazz Joyce. I put Jazz Joyce down for an option on the wing. I thought she was outstanding. I didn't put Jazz Joyce in. Uh, obviously, she did miss a game because she went back to GB7. So, sorry about that, Jazz. Um, are we going to both wings or do you want one? Let's, Let's chuck in chuck in all the names you've got and we'll, we'll okay. decide on, on two wingers from there. I went for Impact and I went for Bujar and Parsons. Me too. <laughs> yeah, I've got both of them down too. But I also put Falan. Yeah, I thought she really good. stepped up this tournament. Um, I thought she played really well on the wing. Much I mean, better she, than she played a fullback. Yeah, she's, she is a quality player. Has been so consistent for them as well. I, I have her as well. But I did go with Bujard and, and Parsons. Yeah, it, it is scary how good Parsons is going to be, isn't it? It's just so crazy. It's crazy. She's still only twelve skills. and a half. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's young. Yeah. She's incredibly um, athletic and physical for her age as yeah. well. So yeah, she's good. she's going to be a real star. Yeah, yeah, proper a proper athlete. Are you? Yeah, I absolutely got uh, Parsons, Bujard, and uh, Jazz Joyce here. Um, are you? Where 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 are we going then, uh, Bertha? Are you happy with uh, Bougeard and Parsons? Yeah, Parsons. they they were both my first names, and Falan was. Are they? I thought yes, it was Rachel. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the centres. I have to deal with this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I pick off the centres because I found them really Please. hard this year. So at twelve, 
I've got either Rigoni, who I who was very good in, a, in in one of the games, and Hannah Jones, who I think has been brilliant. And at thirteen, you could have Jones there as well, or Hannah Smith, but she missed a game. And then I had a big debate about Scarrett because she she has been really good, but by her own standards, not like <laughs> amazing. But her standards are higher than everybody else's. So then I, I sort of got really confused. Made, about what she made there. what three mistakes? You're out. Yeah, I know. But the thing is, the expect on a serious note, the no, I know. I'm with you. You know, crazy expectations of her just to do something spectacular all the time. So then, when she doesn't, you think she's had a quiet game, but of course, she's been really good. But um, yeah, I don't know. Jones, Rigoni, Garrett, Smith are my four. <laughs> but Rachel, you're the centre here, so you should know. Well, I had Rigoni. I think she's been quality, and she's just always a solid player for them anyway, even if she's not scoring a bag of tries um, and getting a team on the front foot. I also had Jones down. I think she's just been so brave, and her work rate is just so strong for, for, for Wales and gets them out of a lot of trouble and tidies it up a lot for them. Um, and, I, yeah, I did have Skaz as well, and I was thinking by her standards, you know, she wasn't kind of that standout but still was brilliant throughout the tournament. Um, so, yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, can you imagine a team of the tournament or of the year and it not having Skaz in it, though? I know. That, that's exactly uh, it. Can I just can I be honest? Let's do it. If we're being harsh here, I've not even written Emily's name down on my list. I'm with I Sarah. The impact, she she just wasn't there, and she will be the first to admit that she yeah. has a presence, she has an aura, but she can play better than that. Uh, particularly in the final, she knows she can. So yeah. she didn't make my list. Um, apologies, she, she probably Respect. wants to cut down on the media work. She's probably concentrating too much on the media podcast stuff. Uh, I, I hope she is. Got ahead. And, and it's gone to her head. I can't wait for her to prove us wrong. I can't wait for her to prove So uh, what I really wanted to do was play Helen Nelson at 12 and push Rigoni out to 13. Uh, but I can't do that because uh, I thought Helen Nelson, she's 100% kicker in this tournament as well. So yeah, I, picked, I, wanted... I picked her at 10. Yeah. Ah, right. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I kept Rigoni at 12 and then, yeah, I agree. Hannah Jones. Because I think I think Hannah Jones, I think it'll be. I think she does really deserves to be in there. I mean, you remember the game against France where they were just hammered. She was yeah. unbelievable defensively, tackling everything, even over the line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Centre Queen, if you don't mind, we let's just <laughs> open up to ten then, because to work out the whole of the midfield. Because I, I'm I'm like cute. So I, Helen Nelson, I think is is. In there, Hannah Jones is certainly on my list, and, and Rigoni was was there on the list. So, it, if you're saying Helen Nelson at, at ten, Rigoni Jones, is that what I'm hearing from you, Ali? That that was mine. Yeah. Oh, Sarah Orchard. Very defensive. 10, um, I, I had so, put yeah. an I had put an honourable nod to uh, Tyrrell at ten as well, um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I Nelson. If I can't have her in twelve, then she can have ten. She flipped in and out, so, you know. The problem with the Ireland is that both Flood and Tyrrell had one amazing game each and then yeah. half and half, so it was really hard to pick them. Yeah, yeah. I've put both, I put both of them down, second. Uh, I did actually have Nelson at 10. I had Druen. Druen? Druen. Yeah, I thought she was just quite a key cog, like defensively she worked really well. Um, but look, I'm happy to... Step no, aside. this is. I mean, this is this is the one area you do very much get the casting vote. So, all eyes on you. 
No pressure. Ooh. No pressure. We need to hear some debate. Oh, right. Okay. Well, Hel- Hel- Helen, well I really Helen think Nelson you should Helen Nelson done. I've got a a strongly word an argument for Hannah Jones at 13. She she was superb. She she moved to 12 on the weekend. She led the side really well. I'm not sure she's the the biggest talker, but boy, oh boy, she puts everything into everything that she does. Um, And she's so combative. I thought she was really, really good. Um, Do we nail her down at 13 then? Can can we do that? Yeah. Hannah Jones, 13. Yeah. Someone other than I think if we'd, had, if we'd had the full tournament, you'd you'd have a, you know this conversation is easier because yeah. you build yeah. off your ten. But every, you know everybody was just in and out over the three games. But yeah, yeah, That's true. Totally. Twelve. Then your shirt, Beth. I'm going to stick with Rigoni. Rigoni. She was fantastic. Honestly, uh, that game against Scotland, she blew my mind. I've I just think she's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. And at ten, then Nelson. I back the women. They're pretty good. Yeah. They're pretty good at judging. So. And she really stepped up, obviously, when Rachel Malcolm got her injury. For her to continue leading that side, that was yeah. a lot to take on for her and the kicking duties and responsibilities. So, yeah, really good tournament for her. I, will, I think on 10 as well, I'm really genuinely looking forward to seeing Rollins over the next few years. I think she she's going to be good obviously, and and now Flood and Tyrrell. So there's there's going to be some really good tens coming through, but I reckon Nelson was just consistent, wasn't she? And and not only that, it's going to be really interesting if we get a bit geeky now. The fact that uh, Scarrett, Nelson and Roland are all at Loughborough Lightning, I'd argue one of them's got to move to get more game time and kicking game time because it's actually going to be quite important going forward for all of them. Yeah, knowledge. I don't think yeah. Reese Jones will like that comment. <laughs> <laughs> Some uh, <laughs> yeah. Nine then. I, I, I struggled here. I struggled. This was the hardest one. I don't think anyone really stood out. I, th- I thought Catherine Dane for Ireland was pretty mm-hmm. consistent throughout the tournament. And if you were just yeah. looking for someone who really didn't Solid. make any mistakes, you'd go with Dane. But if you want someone who did try things and have a bit of excitement, then I did go with Sansu. Yeah. I have Riley as well. I mean, I, I agree. Very tough pick this time. Barrison in with a shout too. Um, yeah. I think so. I mean, I love Sansu. She's actually my favourite women's player at the moment. I just think she wasn't brilliant in the final, but I just think she's great. Um, it's hard not to pick Riley though. I think she she doesn't get a lot of limelight actually for what she does in that England team. And she organises well. I mean, Murphy, you know her better, but and you've seen her play more, but it's hard. She was my, I had her and Sansu as, 50-50. Don't know. Yeah, same. I had the same as you, Ali. I, I think Leanne's been pretty consistent and had moments of brilliance as well. Um, and obviously with, with Mo out, she's had to really kind of step up and not step up and take that role because she's kind of been the starting nine for a while now. But without having somebody on the back of her, she's. I thought she, she played pretty well throughout the tournament. She was quite quiet in the final, but kind yeah. of just did her job, did her role. She made one um, but, amazing tackle, didn't she, on, on Sansu at one point? Yeah. 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 But I do really like Sansu. I like I agree with you. I think I think she took a bit of a knock in early on in that France game. It just yeah. but yeah, I think every time she gets the ball, you're you're quite excited by it. Whereas yeah. like Leanne's brilliant and, and she's consistent, but you kind of get that X factor with Sansu. So oof. I mean, just just to throw a little something into the ring with I mean We've got a backline without one player from the 
side that have just won a third effective Grand Slam. <laughs> um, I mean, should, should that change, we change our thoughts? We have very high expectations. <laughs> Jeez, don't you? Yeah. Well, it's um, funny though, isn't it? Like, you watched the game at the weekend, and honestly, I forgot Jess Breach was playing until she popped up and I saw her. Like, she popped up in a tackle with her. She was one of the players who wears the scrunchies. I'd like to talk about the scrunchies another day, by the way. <laughs> Why are they all wearing scrunchies all of a sudden? Anyway, I was playing. So I think, it, it, you know, it was the last game wasn't great for either France or England's backlines, right? Because they just, you know, they didn't get a goal. Yeah. So maybe, maybe not. Well, should we go with Riley then? I'll, I'll I'll bow down to Riley. That's fine. What did you have, Johnny? Um, I put Burton. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and and Jenny and Jenny Maxwell. No, I didn't know. Not really. Um, <laughs> no, I I, I, I agree. I, there wasn't any standout performance, was there? And actually, possibly, does that say something about the players that you know um, that they're getting around and doing their bits? I think. I think. Yeah. The loss of Mo is, you know, and, and Leanne having to start every game, which you know, other people have sort of swapped in and out. Um, but nobody set the world alight at nine. So um, for the fact that we don't have an English player at the moment, um, I'm quite happy to go with uh, Leanne Riley at nine. Done. Sold. An, an area of huge expertise across this panel, <laughs> the front row. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love a bit of front row chat. Loose head. That's number one, Berth, all right? Well, well, I can start this because I do have an England player here. And it's Vicky Cornborough because I do just think she added that maturity to the front row that was actually really needed for England. Also, her carrying, I thought she... She really stepped up. I mean, there was a lot of England players that stepped up in their carrying, but she was noticeable from previous tournaments. So, yeah, I had Vicky Cornborough. Nice. Not, Any not other names? Scrum, and don't mention the scrum in the final. Vicky Cornborough and her roller skates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you said that, not me. Gosh, yeah, I, win- yeah. I winced at that. Um, <laughs> like I winced at every, every tackle on Saturday. It was brutal in the stands. Did you, were you guys all in the stands? It was absolute. Honestly, I was. I turned into like a fangirl in, in the press box because I kept saying, "Honestly, honestly, I obviously have never played international rugby, but I, I was, I came away going, I wouldn't last five seconds in there. I'd be killed." Um, I had I had the unpronounceable Nal De Hay. Is that um, De Hay? Um, I thought she was very good at loose head for France. She was cornerstone of their scrum. The scrum was obviously brilliant all tournament. Um, but Cornbread was my other, and very little between them for me. So I'd happily go with Cornbread. I thought she all the for all the reasons you said. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think she just brings that level of. You know, stability in that scrum for one, but like, like you said, that maturity and the way she carries it's ridiculous. She like drops five inches, gets underneath carry, underneath the opposition and just manages the leg drive. I think she's such a key asset for that England team as well. And when she's not playing, it's a big noticeable. So I think, yeah, I, I'm nailed on with Vicky Gomber as well. No, Johnny? Oh, go on, Johnny. What did you have? No, no I, I, I had the hay because I, I you know, uh, I know being a you know a former front row. If you if you go backwards like England did, and they will not be happy, that's their first primary job. Um, 
<clears throat> are we really going to choose the person that did that to them rather than the person that's happening to? Um, but I, I totally agree in terms of carrying Vicky Comber. Well, I, to- uh, I totally get that, Johnny. And that is actually why I've gone with two other French women in my front row. Uh, this is a whole are we, are we going to base it all on on the scrum or are we going to look at no. the rest of the park as well? No. Oh, no, no, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the whole of the park, ab- absolutely. But it, for me, if it's a 50-50, you've got to get job number. Yeah, it's like a hooker. We've got, we've got 50-50 hookers. One hasn't hit the line-outs and one has. Then you choose the one that's hit the line-outs, right? Um, yep. Of course. Okay, well, let's do the, whole, let's do the front row as a, as a whole then. So what, who, who's the other tie-head? So we've got De Gea and Cormbra tipping it. Oh, it has to oh. be Bernadou. Has Bernadou, to be. That there is no one else. Oh, my I do believe got her down. Yeah, and I do believe my commentary, what Ali was talking about earlier for the Bernadou tackle on Cleo was, oh, oh, oh that's all I had. Oh, honestly. <laughs> it's amazing. I, I was not far away from that, and I winced and like closed my eyes it looked brutal <laughs> we were like in line with it i think i think you were oh. just sat in front of us ali yeah brutal um i when, i think special mention to Bryony gleal though she um i have her down as a special mention too yeah definitely. okay either yeah, she was amazing when she got on she really did like it's just i spoke to her after she went i just thought i'm gonna hit everything and everything and i was like mate you literally did that <laughs> In like in about a minute, you must have tackled and hit rocks, and yeah, she was. And it's nice on. to see how that competitive nature is going to come out between Shauna Brown and Bryony Cleal for that shirt now. So mm. that's going to be a nice little battle going forward. But yeah, Bernadou. Yeah, Bernadou in a tie head. Then um, who's a hooker before we decide the the other side of the scrum? I have Sosha, but an honourable mention to Maloney. Yeah, I've got Sosha and Maloney. Yeah, I've gone Maloney as my first choice. Um, I've got a little mention to Lana Skeldon too, who I think has been good. Yeah. Yeah, I think Maloney's had a really good tournament. She scored a couple of tries. Line-out's been good. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't be gutted if it was Sosha either. She's so consistent. And the line-out was an absolute mess for both teams at the weekend. <laughs> Yeah. You want to be a hooker at the weekend, that's for sure. Oh. No, definitely not. Lottery. Lottery. Two votes each then. Who did you have Malone. down, Johnny? I, I, I had uh, Lana Skeldon down and um, I, th- I thought she's great. She really is a heartbeat of that uh, that Scotland side. Uh, she, Can she I tell you why I didn't it. have Lana Skeldon yep. down? It was because I uh, was up at Scotston for that match between Scotland and Italy and having been so excited about the Scottish lineup against England, which was just so impressive. It just went to pieces against mm. Italy. Yeah, it was right, terrible. Yeah. And yeah. I, I really felt for Lana because she'd had possibly the game of her life against England. And it just, it just didn't happen. It, it wasn't backed up. And that's why for me, she fell away. Mm. So, uh, so sharp or Maloney. Skeldon goes, she's been dropped. Sorry. Mercilessly. Brutal, this, isn't it? More brutal than Super Saturday final. Uh, so Maloney or Sosha? So Maloney for me. Rachel okay. Burford? I don't feel like I'm qualified to make this decision. 
Uh, I did have Socha as my my first okay. choice, and Maloney, then Maloney. And sorry, you had Socha as well. Socha, yeah. All down to you, Johnny. Kind of. No, well, I was Maloney as well, so I'm just going <laughs> to flip a coin, flip a coin. Yeah. And Nick Johnson from High Performance Consultant Directors won, so well done him. <laughs> uh, we are going Socha. Okay. So he's the final. Oh, Being as young, she's got plenty of years to be in this team. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, into our onto our second rows then. A few contenders contenders here. So um, where should we start, uh, Ali? Yeah, really hard because I moved around some of them for the back row. So I'm going to. I think we all have all done that. Yeah. Can I? I'm just going to. I'll, I'll tell you my four and five. So I've got Allcraft and Fall. And that's because I moved, I've got a wall at six. So that's why all crafts at five or four, <laughs> uh, whichever she is. But there are loads of good locks. Kath O'Donnell, I thought was really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, they're my two, Medusa, Medusa Fall and Zoe Allcraft. I thought Fall was amazing at the weekend. Um, so good and was really good as well in other games. And Allcraft just has to be in the team somewhere. So <laughs> they're my two. Uh, yeah. I did the same as Ali, and I put Allcroft in the second row so I could get Wall into my back row. So completely agree with that. Um, and then for my other lock, I actually put in Aoife McDermott mm. because yeah. I just thought she was instrumental uh, to that Irish pack getting go forward. She bossed the line out. Um, and I just thought, yeah, she really stepped up. I did and also put a little mention to Wassel. Wassel, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Sarah. That's right. Yeah, just a little mention to Wassel. I thought she did really well. Yeah. Any new names to add to that list, Rachel Burfington's? I literally, same as Ali, Zoe and Fall, and then special mention to O'Donnell because I think she was so physical the entire tournament. Um, yeah, so I wanted to just give a special mention. But, yeah, I had Zoe. You can't not have Zoe in the team. Um, and I thought, again, Fall was awesome. Also, I had as a as a certainly uh, a mention, yeah. Fall Allcroft four five. Any objections? Fall. It doesn't work when we shake our heads, and this is a podcast, does it? I've just realised that. <laughs> we <laughs> are. Funny. We agree. We agree. We are a YouTube channel as well, Sarah. So don't you worry. But I listen We're... to you when I'm out on my run, so I, I need to add to the experience for everyone else who might be out running. So there you go. <laughs> is, is that like a? Is that like a Sorry. speaker behind you so you can actually sort of just run away from a star? That's a brilliant tactic. Oh. <laughs> uh, lovely. Okay. So then then six <clears throat> six, seven, eight. Who wants to get Berth, when do you kick us off with a with some back row options? Poppy at eight. Hundred percent. Poppy at eight. Yeah, the the one that we'd all so uh, sold yeah. and uh, you can't not say her name in Shuan Lily Crap. I know she only played two games, yeah. but what she did for that team mm. goes above and beyond. So, but yes, Poppy number eight. And it, and it's the we often say, isn't it? Um, I say it to my children all the time. Um, it's the things things you do when people aren't watching. And she, I, I watched her just a couple of times uh, at Scottsdale on on Saturday, and she was just doing stuff that 
just didn't need to do it. Just filling up a little water bottle or going and have that chat at the end and just saying, look, guys, look, this is a start. This is a kind of performance. Mm. This is our benchmark, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I think her, her leadership is absolutely exemplary. Uh, yeah. But probably clear, it, it's absolutely shooing at eight, isn't it? Yeah. No objections. And, Poppy, and do you know what's also very nice with Poppy, this Six Nations? I feel that she's becoming one of those real household names that you really want to develop in women's rugby, that everyone gets to know. You start to mention her name, people know who you're talking about. And that's really nice to see emerge because she's got a cracking personality on her as well <laughs> to sort of like uh, bring in the media interest as well. So, yeah, that's great. Who are your flankers, Ali? Yeah, this, for six, definitely Wall. I thought she was amazing. She's not that well known, you know. She's she's mm-hmm. relatively new, um, even in Ireland. And thought she was brilliant, like just young, physical, strong, going to be great for Ireland. So her that undoubtedly, I found seven really tough, partly because there was so much chopping and changing for teams. Um, I haven't got her in at six, but Evans as well, by the way, from from Wales, I, I think, but, but mentioned to her. So my seven. I've got Marley, uh, just because it's Marley, and she's brilliant. <laughs> she's physical and tough and a real, you know, I feel like she could motivate you out of some kind of locked cell. You know, she's just kind of, <laughs> she could talk you into stuff. But um, Hermet as well, I think, was very good. But yeah. France changed a lot. It's a bit like Scarrett. Really weird not to be talking about Claire Malloy here. Didn't have her best tournament, got dropped for the last game. So weird. But I'm keen to hear your sevens because um, I've got my six, but I'm not sure about seven. Uh, I've written exactly the same names down as you, Ali. Six walls, seven packer, eight Cleal. And I'll, I'll be honest, I, I didn't even actually write down any other names other than Shuan as an honourable mention that they, for me, were the standout back row. Yeah, I've got Packer. I did put um, Mayans in there for yeah. her contribution. Um, I met. I also had Zoe there just in case she didn't make it in the row. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was tough, wasn't it? Because, it, like you say, it just uh, I don't know if it's it has to do with something. The fact there was only kind of three games and there was so much rotation. Yeah, they yeah. didn't really get to see the best of everyone. <laughs> You say it was tough, though. We we have got the same three names written True. down. <laughs> and that just means there's been some brilliant back row play. But, yeah, they they were standout, definitely. What about you, Johnny? Emmeline Grohl. Yeah. Just going to throw in there. Yeah, yeah, we were talking earlier about sort of unearthing some some young talent. We've spoken about Boulard and, and um, a couple of Scotland young, young players in there and, and obviously a couple of Irish as well. But I thought she was very, very impressive and... For a young lady to score a couple of tries against Wales and she just kept going. She t- kept terrorising them. And yeah, as horrible as that was to see against um, half of my countrymen, as it were, um, actually, she, I thought she was great. She had that real determination. So I I, I, I jiggled it around. I had Poppy at eight, uh, <laughs> Poppy clean at eight. I had Grow at six. I had Mayan at seven. Oh, you were different Ooh. to us. Yeah. That's yeah. probably why I didn't do so well on the fantasy team, you see. Just, <laughs> just Maverick. Maverick. Got it. You're right, though. Grow was very good. In fact, Sarah, when yeah. you did that piece last week, I think we mentioned her as our, one, of, one of the kind of newbies to watch out for. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a shame for people who don't know. She missed out on the final because she picked up a shoulder injury. Yeah. Um, so it, I think maybe that might have pushed it over if she'd have played. But because she yeah. missed out on that, I've only seen her play twice. So. 
So Dorothy Wall, are we saying a six? Is that three votes for Dorothy Wall? Yes. Yeah. Wonder. We're not nodding anymore. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Dorothy Fine. Wall. Uh, we have got, I'm just checking we've got an Italian in. Yeah, fine. Uh, and seven, we're, we're all happy to go for Mayo? Marley, I think. No, Marley Packer, was it? Packer. <laughs> she did miss a game, didn't she, Marley? But yeah. Yeah. She did. Yeah, she she travelled to Italy, there. did she? Yeah, no, it's true. Yeah. So my gross argument doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, just, just you can edit that out. We'll pretend yeah. that never happened. That's fine. Perfect. Great. Not a problem. Well, nobody told me she had a shoulder injury. She was still in my fantasy team, which is why, you know, I was where I was. <laughs> no, let's uh, not go back to it. Let's not go back yeah. to it. Uh, hmm. um, that's our back row then. We've got a team. Dorothy team. Wall, team. Marley Packer, Poppy Clears, our back row. There's our team. Who's wearing the armband? Poppy. Oh. Now you haven't selected Emily Scarrett. Poppy. Um, I'm, I'm thinking. Can you call out the team again? Have you got the team there in front of you, Johnny? <laughs> of course I have. We have uh, Emily Boulard, Caroline Bougeard, um, Hannah Lullard, <laughs> no, H- Hannah Jones, <laughs> Rigoni, uh, Fabian Parsons, Helen Nelson, Leanne Riley, Vicky Cambra, Agatha Socha, Rose Banadou, Adusu Fall, Zoe Allcroft, Dorothy Wall, Marley Packer, Poppy Cleo. Um, I'd give the armband to one of two people, either Poppy Cleal, just for leading from the front, or I would give it to Bujar. It's controversial giving it to a wing, but I think she's got the maturity now in that French squad to lead a side. Mm. Helen Nelson, I'm just going to chuck in there. She'd be, she'd be up there for me. Hannah I like, Jones? Yeah, I like, I like a 10 to be captain. Um yeah, Cleo. I don't know. Is is Cleo a good captain material? Right, right. You know her well. She is. Yeah. 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 She's she's clever. She knows the game inside out. Knows like the intricacies. We'll get into the refs here. She's smart like that, and I think she like that. Just that level of how she leads, like the way that she. So I'd make her my captain, and I would make Nelson my vice captain. That sounds good to me. I'm just throwing another little vice captain oh, yeah. in there. So yeah. I like I like it. The, the only issue here is that um, probably becomes slightly less bearable. We, I mean, winning player of the tournament um, is probably going to be one thing, but I mean, being named in this team and then captain. <laughs> I mean, it's her year. This is her year. It's her year. So <laughs> any other names outside of Poppy Cleo, Helen Nelson, we, honourable mention for Hannah Jones, but more of a standing captain. Um, any objections to Poppy Cleo then? Going no. once, going no. twice. Where is my gavel actually? <laughs> it's upstairs. Sold. Uh, sold. And Vice Captain Helen Nelson. Nice. Lovely. Okay. So here we are then. The Scrum Queens slash WRP with guest star guest, Sarah Orchard. That'll do. Uh, at 15. <laughs> Sorry, what did I have to say? BBC Radio 5 Lives. That'll do. Uh, Emily Boulard of France is our fullback. Caroline Bougeard uh, from the same nation is uh, on one wing. Hannah Jones at 13 from Wales. Beatrice Rigoni from Italy at 12. Bavin Parsons is on the other wing from Ireland. Scotland's Helen Nelson is our vice captain and fly half. Leanne Riley, the nine. 
a front row, Vicky Cormorant of England, Francis Agatha Solskjaer, uh, Rose Bernardou, both from France, Medusa Fall and Zoe Allcroft, France and England, make up the second row. Dorothy Wall from Ireland, Marley Packer for Red Rose, and Poppy Cleal make up the back row. Poppy Cleal is also the captain. Cracking team. Who are they going to play? I'm worried about the back line. <laughs> I'm worried about the back line. We can't go back. I worry about back lines all the time at the moment. <laughs> is there enough in there? Is there enough sparkle in there, Ali? It's 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 a very defensive, tough ten to thirteen, and yeah, it, it is a bit unusual to not to have an England player from ten to fifteen, isn't it? But <clears throat> yeah, well, if, if I'm being harsh here, Ali. The reason we've ended up with a back line like that at the moment is because England are still sorting out their back line big time and they're very lucky that the World Cup has been delayed by a year and they've got a year to sort it out. I said I wasn't going to make any friends on this podcast. (laughs) I'm just being honest. They've got a year to try and figure this out for people to step up or for someone to come through and I think the back line we've chosen reflects that. That's a very good point. I thought Saturday showed just how much they how much they missed Katie. Katie would have just put her foot on the ball and said, "Hang on, hang on, hang on. Whoa, yeah. Let's actually do do do. Let's 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 play in those areas. Let's calm everything down." Um, yeah, I, I, I'm with you, sir. I think it's uh, yeah, the ten, twelve, thirteen is or or ten, twelve should we say um, is 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 a problem. Um, a nice problem, but it but it's still still a problem. Player of the tournament then, just to, to round things off, or is that? Is that fairly obvious with our with our captain and eight, or is there someone who deserves a, a, a mention? Well, the, the six nations have gone for Boulard, Boujard, 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 <laughs> Allcroft, and Cleal yeah. as their nominations. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, um, yeah. Do we want to? Does anyone else deserve a mention in there? I, I'd have had Wall in the mix. Um, actually, I think she's been that good. Uh, yeah, but it's got to be clear. I mean, if it's any, it, there, it's a fan vote, which really bothers me, um, because you might not, because you you know you might not get yeah. you'd really it. Might not get it. Yeah, but it's, it, I mean, in reality, and I'm sure Bajar would say this herself, and I'm sure Zoe would too. It's got to be clear. It's her year. Yeah, definitely. Totally agree. I think there's a maturity to what she's doing now. She's cut away from a little bit of the the niggles and that that kind of stuff, and actually just really concentrating. And she is an absolute student of the game, yeah. and it, it totally comes across. I'm so. fascinated to see if she plays on Friday as well, because she took a quite a bashing, and yeah. it would be interesting to see one how her elbow and her arm have held out, and also maybe if she is okay. If Middleton actually decides, do you know what? I I don't need to see you go again. I don't need to put you through the washing machine. You know, maybe have a rest. <laughs> She'll hate that but maybe it is a chance to try out someone else. Because let's face it, the back five for England, you know, they're, they're, it's a spoiled. They've got so many riches there. What do you want to keep? Yeah, what would you do? What, how, what's he going to do? Just like, is he going to rest people? Like, what's going to happen? I don't know. We'll ask him at the press conference on Wednesday, <laughs> Ali. <laughs> no, I'm, asking, I'm, I'm really asking Rachel, like, what, what's, what's she, I mean, is this a time to rest players? Or is this a time players want to go again? No, I think they'll they'll want to go again because they know they didn't perform very well, um, and yeah, I, I I would like to see him start Poppy again and give her that second opportunity to keep backing up her performance. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I don't know what he might do, but I would have thought players will want to play. You know, they've got to start working out what that backline combo is. Mm. Uh, and I also think there's the 
you know, like the, the psycholo- psychological element of it all. England have got the wood on France and have done for some time. You, you want to lose that when they're in the same pool? Or do you want to keep hammering that point home? You want to keep beating them, beat them this week, beat them next Six Nations, going into that World Cup pool. I, I think that's a, it's a consideration. Um, but yeah, I, I think it'll come down to physicality and just just how battered and bruised they are yeah. um, come this week. And, Fascinating and Rachel, stuff. Rachel, can I ask you, building into a World Cup, the big thing was always you beat New Zealand because the RFU would sort out a few fixtures and it'd be fantastic. Everyone would be absolutely buzzing. The World Cup would run, come round. You'd meet New Zealand and they'd beat you. How are you feeling about that prospect at the moment, both perhaps with France and New Zealand going on to face England? Because I know the RFU are furiously at the moment trying to find England better fixtures for the autumn because the home nations just aren't cutting it. They're not tough enough for them. They need to get other teams in. Do you think it will be New Zealand and do you think that's a mistake again? Uh, oh, it's massive. I think, you know, historically, when we've won all of our games and then we go to a World Cup, we go, we come up short because we haven't been in those tough games or we haven't lost the games, then work things out. The year we won it, we lost. We lost to France in the Six Nations. We lost to New Zealand. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's really important that they find fixtures that really, really test them. But at the same time, they've got to find what that team is, that 1 to 15 is, to then go and test them. Because if there's so much chop and change, then you're going to end up going into a World Cup year without having a consistent side. Mm. And that counts mm. for so much. It really does. No. I mean, that's why the was, wasn't good, right? Because, you know, England, you know, there, you, there's, no, there's no preparation for a World Cup playing and hammering teams by 50, 60 points. And that's not the conversation we're going to have today, but that's why the tournament's got to do something or, and change things. Because if you were England right now or the RFU and you're the, the French Federation, be much better off just playing France four times in the yeah. same window than, you know, beating team 16-0 or whatever it is. So it's very interesting what happens next for England. Yeah. We, we, that's why the, the passion knowledge that's knocking around, we could talk... Um, even just about Friday's fixture or the Six Nations for the next three and a half months. But we can't do that. I'm <laughs> conscious that we've all got jobs, or you, you three have all got jobs to get to um, <laughs> in the morning. Um, three things. I'm just going to do three things quick for on the top of your head. Three things we must see in next year's Six Nations. Rachel Burford. Um, all the games on Testral, not on Red Button. Um, Ali, you go. Oh, nice. Yeah, you're round. A little circle like that. Okay, you're round. Big Super Saturday grand finale. Yeah. Zara? It's got to be away from the men's. I'll be honest, I don't mind when, but it can't be played at the same time as the men's Six Nations anymore. Brilliant. Ladies, thank you so much. Um, It's been really, really good fun and and chatting around it. Um, And that is a a decent team. And... um, I shall I shall take a little photograph now and show send it over to Simon Middleton and show him <laughs> just how poor his backline is and just how harsh Sarah's been on all his players. Um no, no, I'm joking. <laughs> uh, it's been uh, been, been great, great, great fun. All that um great access you've been getting yes. <laughs> is no longer oh, gonna exist. No <laughs> more. Sarah's never gonna let you interview her again. Just, yeah. Just <laughs> Sorry, Scars. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely great fun really really enjoyed doing these um, Ali Donnelly thank you very very much real real pleasure Sarah Orchard um, 
thank you very much for, for joining us on, on this one and, and rattling through that team. And we will get that um, up and out to, to everyone. And uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of your evenings. And uh, thank you very much for, for your company tonight. Thanks, Thanks guys. for having us, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks for everything you're doing for Women's Rugby. We love it. I'm Shani Williams, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Not much news this week outside of the Six Nations. Let's wrap it up for you. Yes, well, we want to wish all the best to all the female applicants for the World Rugby Executive Committee. Christina Flores from Rugby America's North and Ada Milbury from Asia Rugby. The candidate who receives the most votes will be elected and that will be on the 12th of May. A big up to Lebanon Rugby, um, who were getting back to rugby celebrating that uh, and they kicked off their season uh, with a couple of games of women's seven so great to see rugby starting back up in Lebanon Yes and some Allianz news from um, Bristol Bears, new head coach Dave Ward, ex-Quins player coach at Anfield has been named as the Bristol Bears coach for 2021 and 2022 season Congratulations to Dave my old schoolmate Oh really? Explains a lot. Uh, <laughs> can you can you see potentially a his and her coaching ticket? Have you had a little word with Abby? Make sure she's not going anywhere. Oh, she's deep in Six Nations prep. She won't even be thinking about it. Not what I'd heard. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. That's utter speculation. Everyone. No, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Let's chuck it on. Um, and then just to finish up, let's uh, let's have some shout out. Sean Moore. The old world's uh, scrum half, now uh, lead coach, I believe, at uh, Worcester Warriors. Do some good things there. And Fionn Lewis, selected for Wales Rugby Leeds squad of 36. Uh, both dual internationals. Uh, how about a cross-code game? Ooh. Ooh, like Bath Wigan. No. Um, and that's a test match against uh, England on the 25th of June. How'd you get on with your last round of your pipe predictor, Berth? Wow, I think I finished. Yeah, a brilliant strong, round. <laughs> yeah, you're very strong. Yeah, the strong. You are you top top for round four. I'll take very, that. Very good. But when That's you start from four hundred, isn't it? Four hundred and thirty-eight. Um, you only managed to drag yourself up to where were you now? Um, I, I, it doesn't even say here. I don't think the person who's popped the notes together can actually count when went that far down. What I can tell you is Dylan Patel. Top the women's rugby pod league. Well done to Dylan Patel. Dylan, get in touch. We have got a little treat for you to say congratulations. It may be a treat, maybe maybe torture, but either way, it'll be <laughs> exciting. Um, but yeah, do, do get in touch, uh, Dylan, and we will let the, the rest of you listeners know what that uh, little treat was once uh, once Dylan has done that. Uh, John Max Maxwell was second uh, with yours truly. Just nipping onto the podium. In the Legends League, our guest, Sarah, we should probably check with her, shouldn't we? Uh, I wonder where she finished. Way below even Rocky <laughs> Clark. Tucked in just behind Rocky. It's not a bad place to be, though, to be no, fair. Okay. Night. Sarah in 10th. Uh, despite your strong finish, Berth, in that league, um, fifth was your final placing uh, in that one. Uh, again, I managed to squeeze onto the podium with Kerry Large. Giving it large. Giving it large. Yeah, absolutely. Whoop, whoop to Kerry. 
I think she was fifth overall in the sort of thousand plus people that that that, that did it. So uh, fair play to her. Uh, and Jackie Shields was was second. So well done, the ladies. Best male predictor in England. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> um, Gary Street is chipping away, or less so now. Um, in a fantasy, quiet. yeah, he's a little bit more quiet now. Um, in the fantasy league, birth ninth. I was just behind you. I just did that, but everybody behind though. The, yeah, the pipe predictor. You're, you're so far behind that I just just wanted to just make sure you just had a little. Yeah, little yeah. Uh, Emerson, well done. Emerson Wood, well done for completing that. The only reason we're saying all that, listeners, is because he's uh, one of the team here. Uh, Sarah BW was second. Garnet McKinder was in third. So oh, well done yeah. to all of them. That is brilliant. Emerson, we have got a brand new bright yellow Lamborghini for you. So, yeah, do get in touch <laughs> and we'll get over to you. The toy version. That is big. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Lego, actually, but, uh, yeah, let's not split hairs. God, do Lego do Lamborghinis now? You're straight on to Lego, aren't you? (laughs) Sorry, Mitsubishi, off you go. Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That draws us to the end of another brilliant uh, podcast, even if we do say ourselves. But uh, it's always been uh, great in the company of Sarah uh, and, and Ali, two ladies with incredible passion for, for the game. And um, yes, if the organisers in and around the tournament want a, a few suggestions, then just listen to those points made at the, the end there of what should happen uh, to the Women's Six Nations. But uh, look, get in touch. Let us know what you thought was good, bad about the the, the, the Six Nations. Uh, and where can everybody do that, Berv? Yeah, all across social media. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Pod Women's Rugby. You can get in touch, slide into the old DMs or just drop us a comment. Um, that'd be great. Indeedy. So um, <laughs> thank you much, much, as you say, to Ali Donnelly from Scrog Queens uh, for this combined show of the Women's Six Nations to BBC Five Lives, Sarah Orchard. As ever, to Rugby Nut, to Sean, to Wizzy. Jenny and Harry, and I suppose we have to thank Emerson as well and congratulate him on his <laughs> fantasy league win. Don't May be bitter, Johnny. Don't be bitter. Be uh, it's all about the match predictor. It's, it's all about the match, pro- match <laughs> predictor. Um, that's where the real genius is. Uh, and look, we'll be back next week. Until next time. 